0: Don't keep your day job is supported by Pocket, your space to absorb all the amazing content you find on the web. Fill the Pocket app with those articles, long reads, and videos that catch your eye and create a quiet corner to focus on your interests. Transform the way you read with Pocket from Firefox, download from your app store. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I've been homesick the last few days. It started with a sore throat, but that went away and then it moved into just sort of like body aches and chills and whatever and just being real with you guys. Um, but the show must go on. And the truth is that you guys really lift me up so much. Whenever I'm feeling down, I you know, if I Go on to Instagram and get a message from you or see the comments you post or go in our Facebook group and see what you guys are doing. It always makes me feel better. So thankfully, I, you know, have a job that really doesn't feel like work. This is really something that nourishes my soul. And that's why I do this is because I want to encourage you guys to have work that you feel rejuvenates you. But one of the things I was noticing is that when I'm homesick, you know, I'm kind of sedentary, I'm sitting around, I'm tired, I'm not doing very much, I automatically start telling myself, you know, oh, I'm not being productive. And I I realize I'm just, I'm not used to slowing down. And um, I realize that maybe there's a lot to learn, you know, just sitting down and resting. I think that uh, we all are so hard on ourselves. And I just posted the other day on Instagram, you are enough. And I talk about it all the time. But I think that we we look at ourselves, and I know for me, I look at myself like I am as great as I am producing something, whether I'm you know, pregnant with a child, having a baby, uh, juggling a business, if I am putting out great content and I forget that me just sort of being here, whether I'm sitting on the couch or whether I'm helping change someone's life, that maybe I am enough. And it's not something that comes so easily to me. There's a therapist, Marissa Peer, and she tells her followers she says take a marker and write in big bold letters i am enough on your mirror she wants you to look at it every single day when you look in the mirror and then repeat it to yourself and then as you sort of like leave your room and your bedroom your bathroom you enter the world she feels like maybe that one phrase could change your life and i notice that comes up for me when i'm when i'm sick and i i want us all to give ourselves permission um to just be who we are and not you know, measure ourselves with this yardstick that we're only as good as the last, you know, thing we made or how much money we're making or what achievements we have you really are enough. You make the world better just by being in it, especially if you're taking care of yourself and that positivity sort of reverberates. So the other night I was up at like three in the morning and I was just not feeling good. I just felt so sick. I went onto the Facebook group and I wanted to just see what you guys were up to. And it was just amazing. All the things that people are doing. There's we have someone who's a concert cellist. We have an interior designer, candle makers, fabric designers, home organizers. So I actually asked everybody in the Facebook group to introduce yourself. You know, if you haven't already, come to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and you can either post it in a few lines or a paragraph or you could even like do a video of yourself, you know, from your iPhone, from your smartphone, put it onto um the page, upload it. Just tell us like who are you? And what do you love to do? And what are you most excited about right now? And then maybe what's one thing you're struggling with? I just really want this to be a community where people can feel supported. And I know that in other communities, they tell you don't post what you're doing. But in our community, um, I really encourage you to post what you're doing. And you'll find that so many people there are like minded and will come and follow you on Instagram or give you feedback or be there just to uh, cheer you on. So thank you guys for being you just you being here you know isn't that cool like think of it that way you know like just you listening to this show you're doing a lot for me just by being here and receiving that sometimes the greatest gift you give someone is just receiving something from them you know it makes them feel so good i know for my husband that's the thing he wants most in life is just for you know him to be able to give me you know whatever whether it's a hug or a smile or a card and he wants me to just receive it and me doing that means the world to him. So I guess we are enough when we just are here and we stop being ashamed of just being okay and taking care of ourselves. It's really, really important, especially with the holidays coming. I think that we forget to take care of ourselves. And I think that things get busier and you know we're around a lot of family and sometimes that's really triggering. So please remember to try to take better care of yourself, All right, let's talk about some of your wins. So Jerry messaged me on Instagram and said, I wanted to say thank you. If it weren't for your podcast, I'm not sure I would have made it this far with my business. I have a six-week online yoga sculpt program for busy women. While I've had the program ready for a while and I was sure the content was good, I was not happy with the lighting in the videos. Finally, after the hundredth time of hearing you say, done is better than perfect, I decided to just go for it. I announced it on social media, so I didn't have a choice but to follow through. And I now have 17 women starting today. Also, several people told me it was worth more than I was charging, but I was scared to charge a higher price. After several times of hearing you say, charge what you're worth, I finally did. Since announcing things seems to kick my button gear, I'm telling you right now that I will be successful in 2019 and you are going to want to interview me on your podcast to tell everyone if I can do it, they can definitely do it. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is so awesome. Thank you, Jerry, for sharing this. I'm so proud of you. Number one, for having the guts to screw perfect and put it out there. And number two, raising your standard and knowing what you deserve and charging what you're worth. Those are such huge blocks that most of us have. And you were able to say, nope, not going to let this stop me. I love that mindset. And I have no doubt that you're going to grow so much in the new year and I can't wait to hear. So please keep us posted. If you guys want to check out everything that Jerry's doing, you can follow her on Instagram at tone underscore sculpt underscore yoga. So the next one is from Kalia. She posted on our Facebook group. I finally launched the website for my art that I've been working on all week. I've had this on my to-do list for months and months. So having it up and running feels great. I'm trying to take a moment to really enjoy this step in my small business journey before jumping into my next project, whatever it may be. Kaylea, that's, awesome. And I love that you're taking the moment to stop and just soak in the fact that you've launched this website. I feel like so often we keep running and running and we never let ourselves just cross a single finish line and stop and celebrate. But that's such an important thing to remember to do. And your watercolors are stunning. They're so beautiful. I'm so happy that you're sharing your gifts with everyone else. You guys can check out her amazing art at kaleaberry.com. That's dot ycom Okay, here's another one. Jamie had commented on one of our Facebook posts. I started putting my blog out there on social media and telling everyone I know. It's a little scary to be vulnerable, but getting some good responses. And then we told her to share the link to her blog in our Facebook group. And she did. She wrote, I'm feeling some serious gratitude. I started my blog feeling a bit nervous, but so excited. If you have a moment, check it out. I'm not tech savvy, but I'm doing it messy. I just got to get it out there and going. This group and of course, Kathy have been a huge part of me going for it. Thanks all. And her blog is love laughter and good Jamie, I'm so proud of you. You're giving yourself permission to just make that messy, mediocre version, whatever it is. And then you're being courageous and sharing it with everyone. And you know, your blog looks awesome already. So if this is what you can make when you're not tech savvy, I can't imagine how good it's going to be when you get the hang of things. So you guys can go give her some love. Her blog is love, laughter and goodcoffee.com. And if you have a website or a product or something that you just created, come on over, share it with us in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. And you can just say, hey, I made this thing and it may not be perfect, but I want to get it out there and I'd love to hear what you think. That's what this group is for. We're just getting that feedback and support and encouragement to put out your stuff and then it just keeps going and going. Okay, let's say a quick thanks to our sponsor and we'll be right back. Don't keep your day job is supported by Pocket, the app for reading, watching, and listening to all the amazing content you find on the web. If you love podcasts, you're going to love Pocket's new listen feature. Any article you saved can be read out loud so the rest of you is free to cook, commute, work out, walk, or just relax and listen. Transform the way you read with Pocket from Firefox. You can download from your app store or at getpocket.com. All right. So I wanted to share something that Paul posted in our Facebook group. And although the situation is not exactly where everyone might be at, I think there are some shared struggles that everyone experiences at some point in their journey. And I wanted you all to know that you're not alone. Um, He was really brave to share this in the Facebook group. And I wanted to share it with you. Good morning, he said. I have a couple of things under my belt currently. I own a small web design and digital marketing creative agency called Spotlight Marketing Solutions, LLC, and I just took it full-time this past June after quitting an incredibly toxic job. Also, in May, I created Culture Popped, in which I make apparel and accessory designs based around pop culture, movies, comics, etc. The profits are small, but it's all automatic from Etsy and works great for a little extra coin. In addition, for the last few years, I've run a small YouTube channel with my wife called Comic Trips. And with nothing more than Patreon funding the last little leg of it, we are completely a DIY show. We do everything from the website to social media and video editing. It's basically American pickers for comic books and collectibles. I've had a really up and down year. Just when I thought I was in the clear six weeks ago, my father committed suicide and it left my family in shambles. I've lost nearly two months worth of income because I was helping my family get his affairs in order. I'm giving everything I possibly can right now to keep going, but this has been the most difficult year of my life before my father took his life. And this morning I got a nice hearty panic attack because I don't know what to do and I'm just angry. I can't stop though. I need to keep pushing on to ensure my family can survive. It's so hard, but the continually positive posts in this group definitely do help me see the bright side of why I broke away from the comfort of a nine to five and branched out on my own. Paul, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I am so incredibly sorry to hear about your father. I can't possibly imagine an ounce of what you are going through. It is so impossible. It is so much. I give you credit just for waking up and breathing in and out and brushing your teeth. This is so intense. Um, and, you know, a traumatic event like this can completely turn our lives upside down. And it's not something you just get over. You don't just move on. In fact, sometimes I feel like something hard will happen. And I remember like the day after my grandma passed away. And my grandma was like one of the main constants in my life since my parents broke up. My mom was always struggling with depression. My grandma always lived down the block. And her death hit me really hard. And I remember the morning she died. I had been with her um, the evening before and I got the call that she passed away and I was on my way to go be with her body and I stopped off to get coffee. Like I wasn't even thinking, I just stopped off in my normal routine and I got out of the car and I went to get coffee and I realized how quickly the world was moving and how quickly people were, you know, just sort of racing by in their cars. And I realized, wait, don't you know, my grandma passed away. And it's that weird feeling of, you know, something crazy and horrible and difficult just happened, And it's so painful and it's so overwhelming and your universe changes. It's like somebody took the moon out of the sky and yet nobody notices. Everybody just keeps going and expects you to just keep on going and bills still have to be paid and dinner still has to be put on the table and you still have to turn left at the light and make sure that you park in the right spot. And in that moment, I remember feeling like I was going to completely unravel. Um, I think we all can relate to feeling pain. I don't know if we can all relate to feeling this intensity of the pain in this way. Um, I'm not an expert, but there are some things that I wanted to share, maybe just some ways of dealing with the shock and the grief. I just didn't want to not say anything. I don't know if it's going to make it completely better. I don't think anything really can, but maybe small little things day by day will get you through. I think ultimately time is the biggest healer. And I love that you still keep checking in with this group. I think that takes tremendous strength to even be open to the possibility of positive things right now. So I was reading recently um, in the American Psychological Association, they have all of these articles and they were suggesting that there were some ways to cope with loss. And they were suggesting that talking about these losses with loved ones, with friends, with colleagues, in order to understand what happened and remember our family members in a deeper way. I know that there's so much stigma around suicide. But trying to bury it and pretend that it never happened, I just feel like that's dangerous and it's a road towards isolation and you have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, It's really important to acknowledge it, you know? And I mean, think of the people who've done this, like Robin Williams, you know, he committed suicide and there's been so many people, Anthony Bourdain recently. And I feel like there's so many amazing, beautiful people who just feel really, really alone. And that's one of the reasons why I did this show, wanted to do this show, because I watched my mom struggle with deep depression and those kinds of thoughts. And um, we talked about suicide a lot in my house growing up. And I just know how easy it is for all of us to feel like we might not be so significant. And um, I think that we should talk about it more so that there's no shame. And in fact... This is why I like to post on my Instagram what I'm struggling with as opposed to everything's great. Look at my photo. Look at my new shoes because I think we are all silently feeling very alone and we have this incredible tool where we can connect with so many people with the click of a button. So I encourage you to accept your feelings, you know, sadness, anger, frustration, even exhaustion. It's so normal. And it's so normal to have a mixture of those feelings. Please keep trying to take care of yourself. You know, even the little things like eating well um, or just trying to get a good night's sleep is going to get you through the day. And also, you know, sometimes when we're just feeling so down, one thing that we can do that might just help a little in the moment is is reaching out to help someone else. I have a friend and her husband passed away and it was pretty sudden. And she had young kids at home. And she said she felt like there was an elephant sitting on her chest. She just couldn't move for like days. And then her next door neighbor, who was a girl who had been dealing with some rough stuff, she knocked on her door. She was like a teenager. And at first she wanted to just close the door. And then she said she sat down and and helped her and listened to her and gave her some advice. And she said right away, she realized that the way forward was to help people a little bit every day. And that would get her out of the overwhelm of the intensity of what she was feeling. Um, And to the extent that you can, you know, just keep remembering and celebrating what you loved about your dad. If you feel stuck or overwhelmed, it might be helpful to talk with a licensed therapist, um, a mental health person who can help you cope with these feelings. And just having someone to listen, you know, is really, really helpful and powerful. I think that's also something good for people to know when you have a friend who's going through something heavy. Sometimes we all sort of back away and the person feels more isolated. I think sometimes all the person needs is you to just listen or give them a hug. I don't think you have to have all the right things to say. Um, And you know, you can find support from other people who've been affected by suicide. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention website has a lot of resources on their site to help people who are going through this. So really just any space where you're going to feel supported and safe. And, um, I would say the last thing is, uh, keep making the things you love. I think when I'm doing the things that make me happy and making my art, writing music, being in the studio, creating the show, talking to one of our listeners, it just makes me feel there's something bigger going on. And, um, we're thinking about you. Thank you for being so brave to post that. And you know, while we're on the subject of overwhelm, I know it's really easy to feel lost and frustrated, even when we aren't faced with a huge, horrible, traumatic event. We have normal struggles from just the stress of everyday things, and we so badly want to chase this bigger picture goal, but life has a way of throwing curveballs around every corner. And that's why I wanted to share a little piece of my conversation with Beth Ricconati, who, she's a physician. Uh, she's also an author of a book called Braided. It's, it's a book about making bread. For the past decade, she's made it a ritual to stop and make space in her life and make bread every Friday. The subtitle of the book is A Journey of a Thousand Chalas. Hala is a traditional bread that people make on Fridays in Jewish tradition. I thought it was interesting because she's not a professional baker or a chef. She's a doctor. She's an internist. But here she is with a book, not on medicine, but on how to make bread. And it's really about the importance of finding rituals, finding things that help us be grounded in the present, things that help heal the sense of being empty or overwhelmed. It is such an important conversation to have, especially with the holidays coming, which can be a really magical time with lights and music, but can also be filled with lots of stress. So I hope this gives you some guidance and permission to find that thing that gives you some inner calm and inner peace, even if it's just for a few moments a day. I think it's really going to help. When I was talking to Beth, I said to her, you know, as a doctor, you know, what what kind of data do you have about stress related issues? And she said 75 percent of all health problems come not as a result of genetics, but as a result of our lifestyles, because we are also stressed out. And so she wanted to write this book about one of the things that she's been doing um to just really put her in the present and she's been making bread and she encourages you to find your thing whether it's making your art or gardening um so check out this conversation i think it's going to help hi beth thanks for being here good morning thank you so this is such a funny story because you sent me a direct message on instagram and you're like hey i'm loving what you're doing with your podcast and i wrote a book called braided And the subtitle is A Journey of a Thousand Chalas. And um, is this something you'd be interested in talking about on your show? And then I wrote back to you and said, did you know that I was Jewish or that I keep Shabbat? And you said what?
1: I didn't know the whole story, quite frankly. I knew about your podcast.
0: She didn't know anything about my ties to Hala whatsoever. So I said, that's so interesting. So I said, send me a book. And then I said, you know, why don't we do like a thing at my house. Why don't you come and actually make challah with me and then we can talk. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, because I really don't know, why did you write this book and what are like the three main takeaways from the book?
1: So I am a physician and I'm a mom. And I was completely overwhelmed and stressed out about 10 years ago when the kids were little and I was trying to do it all. I was trying to be a physician and a mom and a daughter and a friend and a wife and it was too much. And a friend said to me at the holidays, you should make challah. It seems simple. And I'd never made challah in my life. I'm not a baker. But I don't know, something she said to me that day really sparked. And I did it. I made challah. And at the risk of a little hyperbole, it changed my life. I've been making challah ever since. I make it every Friday, almost. And it has profoundly affected me because I have learned three things. I have learned, one, the importance of a meaningful ritual. So for me, hala is my meaningful ritual that I look forward to every Friday. And two, I've learned about the power of community, like we're all here today. Making hala together is incredible to build and to sustain a community, which I had not appreciated prior. And three, I learned a lot more about food and nutrition which even though I'm a physician, I didn't know until probably about 10 years ago when I both coincidentally the work I was doing at the time. And then as I've continued to really do a deep dive in the ingredients that I use now when I make hala, and the power of food to keep us healthy has profoundly affected me.
0: Okay. So that's
1: amazing. So like
0: a lot of people would say, I started making hala, and it was a great experience, Um, but they don't necessarily go and write a whole book about it. So what is so life-altering that you're like, I have to write a book about this
1: particular thing? So every Friday, the benefit for me is that I stop. I just stop at the kitchen counter. I hadn't been doing this. Our kids were young, and we have three children, close in age, and I was here when I should have been there. I was running, 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 and the first time I made hala. I stood at the kitchen counter and I just was present. I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't sending an email. I wasn't running through my to-do list. I wasn't pushing a kid on the swing or folding laundry. I was at the kitchen counter. And it was mind-blowing to take 20 minutes and just stop. What I had not appreciated was that we need to take care of ourselves first before we take care of others. And this whole concept of self-care had just passed me by. But making challah every Friday when I'm at the kitchen counter with just my six ingredients in a bowl affords me the opportunity to be present and to live with a little more intention. And I really appreciate that. And because I feel better, it's easy to come back and do it again the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week. And and here we are 10 years later. So you had this sort of discovery when you started making challah that you started to feel more present. And that
0: sense of peace and mindfulness and well-being, but then you didn't write a book about mindfulness, like specific like practices. You wrote the entire book about making challah, eating the dough, painting the dough. So tell us how each one of the steps in those in that recipe,
1: literally, is like the blueprint to a more mindful life. Exactly. So what what I've realized is this is exactly a blueprint for leading a healthy life. And the book, actually, you're absolutely right, is set up as a recipe. And each line of the recipe is a chapter for the book. And so on the one hand, it's absolutely a recipe for how to make challah. But it's also, to your point, an opportunity to discuss some of these lessons. So for example, I've learned patience, which I didn't have before. But when you're waiting for the yeast to bubble, you have to be patient. And when you're waiting for the dough to rise, you have to be patient. And I'm reminded of that every week. I've learned that I need the reminder. It's not as effective to tell, tell it once. But I get this opportunity every Friday. I get the opportunity to be reminded to be more patient, for example. I don't actually care what your meaningful ritual is, what you do to manage stress. I just care that you have something in your life to manage stress. My mom gardens, for example, and that's her way to manage stress. I met a woman recently who salsa does salsa dancing to manage her stress. It doesn't matter. I just care that you have something. You have a way to be more mindful and more present.
0: So it's good that you're, um, we're sort of segueing into this and you are an MD. So we can kind of talk about it from a more, there's a little more expert level. The number one thing that people write to me about is their feeling of anxiety, overwhelm, what worries you to your body, what stress does. So what really is problematic about not having a practice in your life to manage stress. Like what what are we really talking about in terms of stress, how it affects your body and what you're seeing in your patients, what you're seeing in the general
1: population? Sure. Absolutely. So chronic disease that affects most of us and, and maybe some of you in this room or some people in your families um, is 75% lifestyle driven. So that's a huge, huge number. And on the one hand, that's just daunting. But what I love about that number is that means we actually have some control. So we can control that 75%. And that when I say lifestyle, I mean nutrition, exercise, tobacco, sleep, and the all-important stress management. So if you can control your stress, then you can actually have a material impact on chronic disease. And that's incredible to me. And it's it, pick your chronic disease, and you'll go f- I, we can go find a study. That supports this. So whether it's diabetes or heart disease or migraine headaches or dementia or depression or arthritis, I mean, it's imperative that we find ways to manage our stress because of the direct impact it has on us. Um, But I find that really encouraging. I find it actually empowering that we can actually do something about this. So what are some of the
0: warning signs that we need to slow down or make a change? And what are some of the things that we maybe can do? It it seems to me that you're probably doing more now than just making call on Friday to center yourself. So why don't we talk a little bit about what some of the things are that we should start noticing in our life, maybe in our routines,
1: sleep, stress, worries. So I like that that you tapped into sleep. Sleep is a really big one. And I think being mindful of our daily actions. So for example, um, eating breakfast is a big one. So nutrition, it starts with breakfast. It starts with getting six to eight hours of sleep a night. It starts with getting phones out of the bedroom and turning them off at night. And they're these little they all add up if you can just chip away at them a little bit. I also think it's important because I'm I think most of us in this room are, are moms and my kids are watching me. And they call me out when I ask them to please turn off their devices and they see me on my phone. It really matters for not only for ourselves, but for those around us. And we pride ourselves on being caregivers, which is fantastic. But we have to, we have to take care too so that we can actually be caregivers. So
0: I think it's powerful when we share. Like, Is there anything that you feel like sharing in your own life where you started to feel really stressed out, worries, too much on your plate. Does anybody want to like speak to that?
2: Because I think sort of just even the sharing of that is really powerful. Does anyone want to share that? Anything? Well, one thing I was thinking to the point of a lifestyle and that three quarters, you know, uh, influence, uh, I I learned recently that, um, that most people think their genes have a predisposition. You know, you're asked when you go to a doctor's office, like, did anyone in your family have heart disease? Have and, uh, and most people think if my father had diabetes and his father before him, I'm just like on track to get diabetes. But it turns out no genes are predisposed to anything. The only things we're predisposed for, just as Beth said so nicely, is lifestyle. So if your father was eating a certain way and your grandfather was exercising and eating a certain way, that's probably how you're going to be doing it too. And so that's why we think we're probably going to get those same diseases because that's kind of in line with how we think we're supposed to live. So, uh, it really gives you a lot of power once you learn that and you can change your ways so um i'm personally in the world of vegan eating and cooking i got into it from compassion for animals and then, uh, you know, healthfulness and weight loss and all the rest. And I, I prepare most of my own meals. And what I find similarly to the way you describe it with, with the hala, is that it makes you need to be really freaking present because you're sitting there with a knife and a cutting board and you go thinking about something else and you slip that knife. I'm, I'm, I'm healing from one right now that I, uh, whatever. I mean, that's, thank God, the only story I have on that. But, but the point is that you have to really be mindful of what's going on in front of you to to take care to do it properly and when you do your consciousness is in it and your love is in it and your attention is in it and, and it tastes different somehow or it feels different when you're making it and so uh it's been a very big lesson in my own life, and I make special time every day to to sit with that cutting board or to be in the kitchen, and my kids know, like, somehow they know when I'm on my phone, they can jump on me, they can get all over me, but when mommy's in the kitchen and the knife is in my hand, like, they either have to leave me alone or give me, like, a little extra respect and space and whatever it is, like, they know that something serious is happening, so, uh... Yeah, anyway, I'm I'm a big believer in everything you're speaking of. I want you to talk
0: about your daily routines and rituals that help you center yourself and be on the food.
2: All right. I'm an entrepreneur and a mother, and, uh, and I've got a, a busy day, and my kids are only in school like a handful of hours a day, which are the hours that I have to actually get stuff done. And And nonetheless, the way that I find that I'm able to be the most efficient is by – eating right, as, as just discussed, and also getting movement. And I used to be one of these people that thought that in order to be in good shape, you had to be at a gym or at a really intense workout class and be sweating out of every single pore in your body. And what I learned is that if you're eating well, all you really have to do is take some light walks every day. People, I used to take Bikram yoga in a 105-degree room uh, for 90-minute classes. I did this sometimes four times a week. And I thought this is what I needed to, like, be a size four. So now I'm a size zero, not that anyone needs to be that ridiculous, but um, but it just happened that way naturally from eating well. And all I do is I take like a half hour walk. Now the walk kills all these birds with one stone. Of course, I'm not in the business of killing any birds, but um, you're able to move your body, clear your mind out. If you can actually appreciate what's in front of you on these walks or in whatever, whatever you're going about, if you're chopping your vegetables, whatever it is that you're doing throughout your day, if you're really looking at what's going on in front of you that uh that you're able to clear out a lot of the outside chatter and your mind is filled with fullness and with what's actually going on right there so this presence of mind i think is very very important and uh and also the idea of really taking time for yourself the self care if it's through cooking, if it's through having a glass of wine, taking a long bath, like whatever it is that you can find like a little slice of time, if it's once a week, if it's once a day for five minutes to uh, just reflect and enjoy yourself and take like a little step back from what your normal rhythm is, is, is very, very valuable. Yeah. I feel like
0: a fraud a lot of the time because I have
2: very like
0: extreme aspects to my life. You know, I have a um, certain parts of my life that are just so dazzling like I, I worked very hard to come out here with nothing really like not a lot and like things a lot of things came to be and at the same time I have such like a storminess that like kind of comes and goes and comes more than it goes inside my mind and so much stress and I get chest pains very often I've been to doctors a few times over the last several years like why am I getting chest pains that's just stress again is that really just stress that's just stress god that's crazy like I'm feeling it all the time physically everything I read, all the data suggests that if you have purpose in your life, you find happiness. And I have so much purpose in my life. And yet it doesn't necessarily take away the fact that you still might be struggling if you're not taking care of yourself. You know, like on one hand, I have so many moments where I'm like high as a kite, so reward, so much rewarding feelings, so much fulfillment feelings. Right. And then there's not enough, built-in time to practice, continuing to cultivate awareness of my thoughts and really understanding how to take care of myself and all the things you said. I was like, oh, I'm over 6 on, you know, sleep. None of those things are, un, you know, in my life enough. So
1: is there anything left that you feel like you want to say at this point? It doesn't matter what you choose, whether it's you taking an hour in the morning, which by the way, I love, um, you just starting to exercise and you building this around your cutting board and a knife, it's fantastic. It's unique and individual, and that's really what I hope that everybody gets from this is that it's not one size fits all, and that just adds more stress. Oh, I have to do what she did. No, I, I don't. I don't want that. I want everybody to just do it for themselves. Whatever works for themselves, that's what's sustainable. I think. So we understand on the negative
0: side what you're avoiding right okay so you won't have much stress but I feel like what are we missing that we don't know because I don't take a walk every day and when I hear you say it I'm like oh my god like how many years of my life gone by without taking a walk outside that's insane I mean I don't do any of these things so tell us what it feels like and what it looks like because you know the before and after a little bit
1: what is that on the other side that's awaiting us if we would take better care of ourselves? I feel so much calmer since this whole thing started. I felt like I was on a hamster wheel 10 years ago and just going, 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 and I couldn't get off. I didn't really want to get off too. I liked it, but- I had anxiety and I was stressed and I was, I had this white streak in my hair that my little one was calling me out about. I was wearing my stress. It was awful. And now I look so forward to Fridays because I have so much less anxiety and the, the joy to be present is incredible. And I love to make hollow with other women because I love for them to experience that joy. It's beautiful.
0: Okay, now I want to talk about what our amazing groups have been up to. Jackie, who heads up the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut group, is doing an amazing job of checking in weekly with her group and asking them for their goals of the week. We all know that accountability is so important. So Jackie, thank you for keeping your group on track with their mission. Also, Leelock posted in the Facebook group for our listening groups, and she said, Hi, everyone. I'm so grateful for the international group I'm now a part of. Our meeting via Google Hangouts was so natural and supportive. We all clicked almost immediately with the desire to help one another and ourselves in each of our own processes. In the last 24 hours, I've already made big decisions about my direction after the group meeting and speaking further with members of the group, my new friends. I can't wait to keep meeting weekly and see all of our successes. You guys, this makes me so happy. Thank you for sharing this, Lilac. I love that this group is already giving you some clarity and that push to keep moving forward. And one more shout out, the Florida group had their first meeting a couple weeks ago. And Laura, who actually came to our workshop all the way from Florida, she flew in. She's leading that incredible group. And she said, the Florida group had our first meeting. It was so much fun. We had such a rich discussion that ended with us assigning episode homework to each other. We all listed goals we wanted to complete by our next meeting to help keep each other accountable towards our goals. We help each other get stronger. If you're in the state of Florida, come join our group. You guys, that's awesome. Laura, I'm so excited about this. I love the idea of assigning homework for each other. And speaking of homework, with our Monday episodes, we started making cheat sheets with some assignments and questions, and we encourage everyone you can go ahead and download those. Even if you're not in a group, you can answer those questions. It's just another tool to help you do some inner on what you want to work on and how you can be resourceful to get yourself to that destination. But if you do want to join one of our meetup groups, there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up or you can email us at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and let us know where you are, what city you're in. We're going to put you in a group. Thank you guys for listening. I really care. I'm here. If you want to reach out to me, come follow me on Instagram. You can DM me. I answer every single DM. I'm there at kathy.heller. Let us know what you're up to. Let us know what you're working on, what you're excited about. If you're struggling with something, you can post that in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. And if you want to give back, if you want to do something that really, truly, absolutely makes a difference for me and my team making this podcast, take a second right now and do three things. Quickly share the show with somebody. You can send it via text, send it in an email, post it on your Facebook group, tag a couple friends, share it with someone who you think it's going to be inspired by this or share a different episode. And then go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That really takes like 30 seconds. Um, and come follow me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller. I'm going to leave you with a song of mine. Have an awesome weekend. You guys are amazing and you're enough. I'll talk to you Monday.
3: Sunday nights, I would go for a drive and the hills were lit up with their twinkling lights there was a place at a table someone was waiting for everyone but me and then you came along with your bittersweet eyes